welcome to the official podcast of Electric Red and the Irish Thunder, sucker free since 2017. Good morning. It is 4.46 a.m. on Thursday, November 15th, and I am in my office like a sucker. My night auditor is going on vacation starting today. Uh, She worked last night, though, and somehow the deal ended up involving my ass covering the second half of the audit. So here I am, and I'm going to play with this uh, podcast app. And see, you know, how it sounds to record on my phone. Um, But also kind of fill everybody in on my life uh, the last couple weeks. So, um, I don't know where to start. Um, Managing these hotels in Pleasanton. I have Sunbridge and the Holiday Inn uh, once again. And they're, you know, a nightmare, kind of. But we're getting getting it better. Uh, the staff is kind of adapting to having rules again, and, you know, there seems to be less pushback. Um, I did lose a lot of staff, though. Um, that, you know, that sucks. It's never fun, but we made it through that, and, you know, now we're kind of approaching what should be our slow season, um, though to be honest, we've sold out twice this week already, uh, but... Yeah, this typically, you know, will start our slow winter season, probably after Thanksgiving. So it'll give, you know, everyone a chance to kind of figure out, you know, how they can navigate this new uh, world, you know, with me managing. But um, I have some really good people. My friend desk team is rebuilt and I think is really, really strong. Um, Housekeeping is still without an executive housekeeper. Um, their executive housekeeper stepped down after a really weird incident involving a secret WhatsApp group um, that she was on that was just really, really negative and was really doing damage to what I'm trying to do. Um, so right now I inspect like 10 rooms a day pretty thoroughly. Um, I also will have the houseman... PM front desk, engineering, and, you know, just housekeepers at random go inspect other rooms. And our scores actually seem to be going up from that. I think actually kind of holding everyone accountable and not just one person for, you know, that housekeeping department seems to be working pretty well. Um, But I am looking for an executive housekeeper. I'm kind of apprehensive and kind of holding back because, you know, I know how important that role is to the success of the operation, and I've had some candidates who, like, on paper have the experience necessary to do it, but I don't know if they have the attitude to make that successful. Um, So, yeah, I'm kind of holding out until the perfect person pops up. Um, I don't really think I want to do an inside hire because their their department operates in a very kind of negative way with, you know, like, cliques of friends, as is what happens in small towns. But um, it's really not inclusive, and it can be very, very, very negative and gossipy. And I don't want 
you know, somebody from that, you know, little group to, to run the department. I want somebody who can kind of change and redefine what they are. So I definitely think I want an outside hire. Um, I mean, nor are they interested, actually. Uh, I did give them the opportunity to interview, and no one really expressed any interest. So, you know, that that's that. So working on that. Um, also, we have Potluck Beverage Co., uh, formerly Potluck Barrel Beverage Co., and uh, that's me and Jason. That's what we call ourselves. Um, it, there are others. Um, it, it started with the Wild Game Dinner. It was what we called our group of bartenders uh, that volunteered for the Wild Game Dinner. And in those instances, it was myself, Jason, Carrie, Holly, Melissa. and um, But then in this kind of like business kind of monetized sense... It's primarily myself and Jason. Um, still, when we do nonprofit stuff, you know, the Wild Game Dinner, we're definitely going to involve everyone again. Um, but that's going really well. Earlier in the year, in October, October 1st, we purchased a 10% stake in Liquor 101, which is a liquor store, um, soon to be liquor chain, in liquor store chain in uh, Alamo, Texas, which is maybe 10 minutes south of McAllen. It's right off the highway. Um, the owner of our company and a couple of his friends uh, started it, and um, I was kind of offering advice and sharing connections and introducing them to people in that world. And you know, it just seemed like a good fit. You know, at at some point, you just have to say like, "Hey, look, you know, I I should probably be a part of this." And they were nice enough to let us in, so we invested. Uh, we basically borrowed from everybody we know, and we together invested ten thousand dollars, and uh, in turn, you know, received a ten percent share. Um, we additionally provide support. You know, I go every couple weeks and check out how they're doing. Uh, I design kind of little simple cocktail menus for them, um, suggest products, meet um, you know local distillers, and try to get deals. Met with Wild Horse, uh, Texas Rum. Um, met with Petite Strawberry Wine, uh, so, you know, hoping to do some more of that. So, you know, that's been doing well. We're, we're getting busier. We have really good traction. Like, I think it's going to be very successful there. It looks like on our slow days, we pull between, like, 800 and 1,200. Um, those are kind of, like, our shoulder days, like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then when you start getting into, you know, towards the weekend... Uh, it goes up, you know, like drastically. It goes up to, you know, from two to four thousand a day. Which, if you saw the size of this tiny store, I think would be really impressive. Because um, it's it's really small, and our selection is extremely limited, very incomplete at this moment. Kind of just tried to, you know, we tried to look at. What are the top producing items in every beverage category? And let's order that and nothing else, you know? Or maybe the two if it's a popular category and then kind of expand from there. And so then we've kind of just expanded its selection um, naturally and just, you know, based on what people are asking for. We have a, a wall uh, by the front door where people can request bottles and, you know, kind of just 
evolve in the direction that our demographic wants us to evolve to. Um, in Liquor 101, that means we have a really expanded whiskey selection now, uh, really expanded tequila selection. Um, not too much gin going on in, in uh, Alamo, Texas. But, um, yeah, so it's really cool. We had a grand opening. I got to do the ribbon cutting um, with the Chamber of Commerce there. And um, I gave a demo on how to saber a bottle uh, with a machete because that is how you do it. In Alamo, Texas, says I, Carrie Martin, who has never once in my life lived in Alamo, Texas. Um, also, Potluck Beverage uh, Co., myself and Jason, we've been working on our brand. Um, I don't know where it's going to take us, but, you know, it seems like we're on the verge of something good. We, we are um, building our social media presence and... Um, doing a lot of little cocktail tutorials and that kind of thing. We also, um, Jason yesterday volunteered at the Hotwells Harvest uh, Fest, Feast, Hotwells Harvest Feast with uh, Chef Toby, who's our homeboy. Um, so he did that um, on behalf of Potluck Beverage Co. Myself, I volunteered with the Pleasanton Lions Club to set up their building for the Battered Women's Shelters, um, Christmas fundraiser, um, did that on behalf of Potluck Beverage Co. Uh, we also signed up to do the Wild Game Dinner again. Uh, so then we did uh, Bites for Business with Chef Cooperatives on Saturday, I believe. So that was cool. On Monday, we had a for-profit event. We've been doing a lot of these philanthropic things, but we had a for-profit event. Um, some really large catering company had um, a banquet event for some a company from, I believe, Vermont or Pennsylvania called Sheets with a Z. Sheets. And um, I guess it was just their corporate like Christmas party. And they went to Texas. And uh, so it was at the Grotto at the Henry B. Gonzalez Convention Center, which is so dope because I didn't even know it existed. But it's too... Um, giant ballrooms right one on each side of the river and then there's literally a little grotto in the middle and um so they had food on like in the left ballroom um and then they had like cocktail tables and you know little places to hang out outside with patio heaters because it was freaking cold and then on the bar or the the ballroom on the right, they had bars and a stage and a DJ. And Jason and I did um, like a whiskey tasting that ended up kind of devolving in a very kick-ass way into uh, like syringe shots of high-end whiskey, which I've never seen anybody do before, probably because it's stupid. But um, the people from Sheets loved it. People were going nuts and... You know, there's probably a bunch of Instagram and Snapchat videos of a bunch of middle-aged um, convenience store corporate employees taking shots of Glen Morangi, uh Quinta Ruban out of a plastic syringe meant for Fireball. It's That's pretty badass. It's pretty punk rock to do. Um, 
So yeah, that went really well. We made some good, decent money doing that. And the guy wants us to do more events. And it's kind of tempting, you know, because I feel like if I hit it hard, you know, one, I could probably pay off some of the debt I have from, you know, my share of purchasing that liquor store. But also, like, I kind of feel like if I hit it really, really hard, maybe I could, like, ditch this, uh, this, like, hotel life that seems to be driving me crazy that has me up at 4.58 in the morning. See, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down. My, my caffeine is finally kicking in, so I feel like this podcast is getting more entertaining, you know, as it goes along. But, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down to you. 4.58 in the morning, if you're a food and beverage person, the only way that you should be up at that goddamn time is if you are still up from partying the night before. Period. Period, period, period. Rookies are breakfast servers. Experienced servers work at night. Experienced bartenders work the night shift. That's how it goes. So, like, if you're, you know, if you've spent time in that industry and you, you know, consider yourself a bartender, you know, or uh, just an F and B person, four fifty eight a.m. is like you feel like you should be trashed, you know, on like just singing Selena at the top of your lungs while walking down the Riverwalk. It should not be sitting in an office. Staring at a camera waiting for a guest to wake up and eat breakfast so you can, you know, wish them safe travels. Definitely not my jam. Um, so, so yeah, it's tempting. It's tempting, you know, that you could, I could kind of be re, you know, in, reinitiated into that lifestyle, you know, which I, I loved a lot, to be honest. I, I really, really enjoyed my time in food and beverage. And that is my passion. That's what made me love hospitality. You know, um, spent a little time in South Padre Island that made me kind of think otherwise for a minute. But, you know, that just, now that I look back on it, it kind of just further, you know, it, it just further supports, you know, in my mind how important food and beverage is to me because I see how much it blows when it's done poorly when it's not guest centric and when you're not trying to elevate what you're doing and you're not excited about doing it when it's just like a job when it's just something that you're doing to check the boxes on a form it sucks but when you're doing cool stuff it's the best job in the world you meet all of these amazing people you get to eat amazing food and drink delicious drinks and it's wonderful and surprising and crazy and funny and wild and it's my heart kind of so we'll see but yeah you know right now also my hotel gig my primary gig is kind of paying the bills and you know part of my my deal here is, you know, I get to live in the apartment attached to Sunbridge for free, which is definitely not hurting my financial situation. So, you know, I'll probably be here until until the day they decide to to cut me loose, um, you know, or until I can get potluck beverage or liquor 101 financially, you know, stable enough to make one of those my primary job which i would love to do that's totally my plan take san antonio by storm come back and rock i i also kind of think i joined the shin but i'm not sure so 
The Chêne de Rochessours is a French culinary society. It's ancient and it's awesome and very French and very, very, very stuffy and stuck up. <laughs> Which kind of in food and beverage sometimes is pretty awesome. You know, it, it that's how you get to experience new things and learn. You know, kind of with some of those dusty, rich old people. And um, what happened was we went to one of their dine-around events, which uh, they do regularly. They'll just meet at a restaurant, and they all do separate checks, but they go and hang out. And they went to 29 Wine Bar at the Quarry in San Antonio, and Jason and I went. And we kind of hit it off. They were pretty cool. And actually, the honest truth is they're not as stuffy or stuck up as, as you would presume, for the most part. And we really liked it and really liked them. And so I filled out the application. Um, they decided to sponsor me to become a professional member. But then all this weird shit happened because then I had to pay the dues, which are like stupid ridiculous. They're like the stupidest dues Ever. It's like in total. So they break it down into a bunch of little parts. So I guess to like string you along to nickel and dime you into thinking like, oh, well, the local dues are only $100. Yeah, but then you add the national dues, then you add the international dues, then you add the, you know, wine society dues. Because of course, if you're a professional member, you have to be in the wine society. Total, it was $700, which is like, oh, fuck me. So get $700 together. I'm like, well, fuck my credit. Guess Chase MasterCard and getting paid this week. And I um, filled out the application, gave her all my information, and then she emails me back because I just sent her my card number. She asked for my card number and expiration date. She emails me back, um, your card declined, which is kind of like my favorite, most embarrassing situation ever because I have these like high end people who I'm trying to like infiltrate. Now all of a sudden my fucking card declines. And, uh, but I checked and I was like, okay, well, what the hell? I mean, they should get their money. Fucking Carvana ain't getting their money, but they should be getting, you know, the Shen should be getting theirs. And um, anyway, back and forth, give her another card, also declined. You come to find out she was using the wrong billing address. She didn't ask me for my billing address. It was on one of the forms, but she was using my mailing address. It's a whole thing. And that's what it was. And, um, so yeah, I gave her the right billing address. Then, then everything seemed to be okay, but, and I didn't hear back from her and, but I've been looking at my bank account and they never took the money. Like they never, they never took anything. So I don't know if I'm in, um, it took, so it took a hundred dollars. The, the local dues came out and I got a weird text message with like an authorization code for a transaction which now, like, in retrospect, I believe was them trying to run the international dues. <laughs> but, like, they didn't ask me or anything. And I didn't give them nothing. And nothing came out of my account. And so, I don't know. So, now it's like I'm in this, like, really awkward nerd situation where it's like, I don't want to even ask. I just want to, you know, crawl under a rock and die. Because I'm pretty sure all these old people with their, you know, Amex black cards aren't really having the problem of, like, you know getting a card to approve for 700 but I don't know I probably should email her 
uh, find out. So, you know, if I do, there, uh, if, if I am in fact going to be a member, I'll be inaugurated into the Shen in December. They have a formal dinner. I think they said it was at the Hill Country Resort Country Club or some, something like that. I don't probably have that wrong. But I'll be inaugurated as a member, which is pretty cool because none of the other people that are doing things similar to what we're doing with Potluck Beverage Co. that I know of in San Antonio are members. So that's kind of a leg up on everybody because... I can tell you from when I worked at like Mokara, there the Shen is like really respected. When we heard the Shen was coming to do their formal dinner, their inauguration dinner there, dude, we flipped out. It was like we were practicing after work, learning how to French serve and do synchronized service and all of these things. And um, you know, we we were considering it like this great honor to just serve them. So. You know, that's I'm approaching it. My interest in joining them comes from being a server at the event uh, that they did long ago um, when I was but a young youth um, trying to make my way in the big city. But um, yeah, I hopefully, hopefully, I'm in the Shen. Um, I think I have an event for the lighting of the river, but I am not sure at all. But I think Toby's supposed to get back to me on that. But. Um, some bank wants to do a bunch of bars in their office building for their Christmas party with food and um, totally be down with that. Um, I talked to Stevie with Chef Cooperatives and I told him that I wanted a bigger role. Because what happens with him is I'll volunteer, but so, so Stevie runs Chef's Cooperatives. Let me back this up a little bit. Stevie runs Chef Cooperatives, but the thing is, is he he's a great chef who worked with me a long time ago when I was a busboy and a food runner. So when I was a DRA and a food runner, he was my he was my chef. And so I feel like he since he hasn't been very aware of my growth between then and now, you know, I mean on social media I guess, but since he hasn't been there for it, he still kinda sees me as like food runner, DRA, kinda, you know, odd job odd job carry you know so you know i volunteered for him in victoria and i'm thinking like okay i'm coming you know volunteering as a you know a gm of you know a tr- g of uh hotels and you know at the time i was the gm of the holiday inn express in kingsville and we were building the marriott and i was going to be the gm of that one at that time and you know i volunteered and like they made me like security you know, like, you're not going to give me, like, a better role, man? Like, I'm, like, this F&B dude who's now running operations, and you're going to give me a black security hat and t-shirt because that's how I roll. Um, so then I was like, okay, all right, maybe this was just him seeing how serious I am, seeing what I can do, whatever. So, you know, I volunteered again. Well, let's do this. So it's been, like, a year. In the meantime, we've bought a bar. we formed a company. We've done you know, events for other nonprofits and bartended successfully. The pictures are there. He follows our, our shit and we get there. He fucking gives us another damn security hat. I'm like, fuck, I'm, I don't want to be security for this fucking thing. Like, I swear to God, one day I'm going to have some badass event, man. And I'm going to call Stevie and be like, yo, you know, chef. You're such an amazing chef. I just, I have this event happening. I wanted to see if you could come down, you know, and, and, and participate. And when he gets there, I'm going to hand him a fucking security hat. But 
Uh, we ended up also uh, doing a little, you know, we served wine. We served um, wine in their little beverage area, like with a tent across from like where they did beer and micheladas. But I talked to him and I told him like, I, I want a bigger role, man. Like I want, I want to be a part of this thing legitimately, not just kind of half-ass running security for you. So yeah, I think their next event, we're going to do, you know, just beverages, beverage service. I don't think they're allowed to do cocktails for at least their nonprofit stuff, but they are allowed to do beer and wine, kind of the same way the Holiday Inn does manager reception. As long as everybody can get some, they can do it because it's free. They don't have the licenses, um, which TBH, neither do we. So it works out well, but yeah. So that's most of my life. Today I also have, um, so I'll be here until seven working the desk. Then I'm going to go clean my apartment a little bit, take a nap. Then at 10, I have, um, an inspection, like a safety inspection from our insurance company for the hotels. So we've been like freaking out the past couple days. We only got a couple days notice on this. So we've been freaking out, trying to clean up things and clean out storages and make sure there's smoke detectors where smoke detectors go and, you know, so that that report comes out pretty positively. I just don't know if he's going to go into my apartment, which like, I don't know if y'all know, but I got like seven cats, a dog, three turtles, and a betta fish. So... Like, I ain't really sure nobody knows about that, so I don't know if I should maybe, like, hide them, (laughs) but I am going to clean up my apartment a little bit in case the guy wants to poke his nose in, because he does want to go into a bunch of public areas and stuff, so I don't know, I don't know, in guest rooms, so I don't know if he's really counting, like, my apartment as one, um, so, the word, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but, yeah, so that's all I got. I think that this podcast will be better when there are people involved, you know, when this is a multi-person thing. It's not just me rambling, but um, this was definitely a great way to wake up. It's now 5, 5, 12. Been talking to you guys for almost 30 minutes. Um, Hope I wasn't too boring. Um, Have a good day.